Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now. Here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from your Super Talk Mississippi app. Of course, you can always find us on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. You can watch us, too. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. You'll notice I'm not alone in the studio today. i got the lovely Miss Annie McKee back. She's Mississippi number one storyteller oh. in my book oh thank you and i can't believe it's been a year since you've been here yeah, and that means that meridian's birthday is just around the corner right which is uh september listen to me <laughs> february the 10th and 1860 60. so how old does that make well, meridian somebody this year? asked me that yesterday i'm not good with math but we came up with 163 163 mm-hmm. uh-huh. well yeah i think you did pretty good with math so take me back 163 three years ago what was meridian like or what was going on then um it was um choctaw nation prior to statehood and actually uh this area where we are right here with Mm -hmm. the choctaw nation and a little while ago when i passed over the pearl river coming to your station i thought i think i can see choctaws out there and and the missionaries uh the french um traders you know they were all there on all of the rivers but pearl always just brings me closer to that time you know i'm a little weird i'm a storyteller well i think i don't think you're strange i think that though because you live so much of your life in these stories and researching the history of mississippi Mm -hmm. and writing your books and putting together your many events Mm -hmm. you wouldn't but sort of see those uh scenes play out because it was history it really happened it really happened and that's what we're doing in meridian well in 1854 uh meridian the the railroads had had started coming through the GMO in Ohio, and uh, the the speculators ran in about land, and we tell that story. We call it the feuding founders. <laughs> uh, one, that one day, uh, someone bought eighty acres from the first settler there, a uh, Mister Macklemore, and the next day, this other guy bought eighty acres, and then the fight began. They they were so competitive. They would lay out their streets, mark them, stake them out, and the next morning someone had moved it around. I mean, it's it's really a story. And you didn't have your spy cameras None and your that, no. you know catch it on video or any of that. So if you weren't up looking at it, there's a lot mm-hmm. of mischievous things that could happen. That's right. And so night. I say, as you're driving the streets of Meridian, if you come to a 
crazy intersection or something that looks weird, you've met one of the founders, Mr. Ball or Mr. Ragsdale, because they would not give up. That's the way, and eventually that's just the way it's all laid out. I was going to say, I did it all just, did one ever um, exceed at getting more than the other, or did they finally just both wave a white flag and develop Meridian together? You know, uh, I'm going to say it was even. <clears throat> one one started um, the post office and a, a country store, and the other guy opened up a tavern, you know, just in case somebody needed a drink. And eventually uh, he opened up a hotel because as the rails came through, the workers needed somewhere to to live and so he opened a hotel and a tavern and eventually uh, people came in even our settler Mr. McLemore uh, gave away some land because he wanted good wholesome families to come with children so churches could start in schools and with that land he gave away and that worked it really did work so that's that's how we were in 1854 how did Meridian get its name like when you think about you know, 1860, I guess February 10th of 1860 mm-hmm. is when Mer- was Meridian's birthday. So much other had to happen prior to that, as you were talking mm-hmm. about with the years leading up. At what point back then was it like, OK, let's make this official. This is a town like how, do, how does that happen? Well, enter Mr. Ball and Mr. Ragsdale again. Mr. Ragsdale suggested Ragsdale City. And Mr. Ball... That's a terrible name. Awful. Mr. (laughs) Ball said, well, Baldwin. It should be Baldwin. Now, the original name of the little settlement was uh, Siwashi Junction, which is Choctaw for Mighty Waters. Uh, But anyway, so the railroad just got fed up with it all and said, we're naming it, and it's Meridian. So there, that, there you go. What's the what was the one prior there that was beautiful? That's the Choctaw. So say it again. Sawashi. Sawashi. Sawashi Junction. Yeah. Could you imagine the weatherman having to or woman having to say that during like tornado? <laughs> I mean, you always learn about a new small community whenever there's a you know weather event for sure. Um, but definitely that one would have gotten some form of nickname or shortened down, which Meridian actually did. Many know it as the Queen City. The Queen City. How many yeah, so. years in Meridian's development did the Queen City? kind of get it or did Meridian get the tag of Queen City well it was in 1870 when when there was a a uh, race between two uh, lines two railroad lines and one was named the Queen and the other was named the Crescent these two trains and uh eventually I mean they went through a lot of of uh, miles uh, but they uh, the the Queen one and so we we became the queen city and then the crescent adopted that name as well but later that was in 1870 in 1915 we had the real gypsy queen of north america who passed away near meridian and she's buried there so there there's another tag with the name the queen city did those two folklore tale or not i guess they're both factual but did Mm -hmm. those two fight against each other on which was the name of the like which one the queen city came from first or is everybody in agreement that i think everybody is in agreement a lot of people are not aware of that train race so uh, i you know i tried to to tell that as often as i can um, my mentors were two men. One was uh, director of the local archives, 
and another man who had his grandmother buried in Rose Hill Cemetery. And they just picked me out of the crowd, I guess because I'm a storyteller, and they wanted me to help promote Rose Hill Cemetery, which we have pulled in now, the downtown history walk that I'm here talking about with you. But um, they taught me and they suggested reference books and now now they've both passed away and I really miss them so what I know is what they taught me and I just have all confidence that it's true I have even on my own researched these various things and what they told me is right on target in the research that goes to show why it's so important to you know have these conversations ask questions learn from those mm-hmm. that you know know the stories that are, are passed down or just the local history that may not be you know black and white in mm-hmm. a in a history or sort of textbook because i feel like all of our communities have these rich stories of oh, yeah, how they yeah. developed or mm-hmm. what was really going on and it may not be you know bullet pointed in a pamphlet somewhere mm-hmm. um but they're important to know oh i know well see that's why we want the children to come out to our events because and we do we have a lot of children a lot of young people a lot of schools involved where we can teach this documented history because so much of what you read online or whatever is just fiction it is not true about our community so that is our aim that's our mission we are a nonprofit organization and that is our mission to teach what's the name of your organization rose hill company Rose Hill Company. And y'all have done that in leaps and bounds, uh, Miss Annie, over the years of if you coming and sharing about your different events here, good things. It feels like, you know, the crowds are getting bigger. There's mm-hmm. more interest. I also feel like Meridian's gotten, it's it found a niche uh, uh-huh. that other communities could learn from, which is how to share your story in a visual sort of format like you, you all mm-hmm. do with, you know, um, interactive events that you seem to do so well i feel like you know it's you you know it could be replicated uh, because the stories would be different every Mm -hmm. community they're similar i mean there are similarities for every startup city in 1860 (laughs) (laughs) but they're all different because they're different people yeah people and and heartwarming and amazing and courageous um you know mississippians are all that and some sad and tragic like we tell that too yeah yeah you tell all of that. I know this one's coming up. You said Saturday. It is. February the 11th. Uh-huh. That's one day after the 163rd. One day after. <laughs> yeah. Birthday of uh, Meridian. It is your, is it your second? It is our second. I have to tell you quickly about that. We had just finished. Actually, that's a good pause. You can okay. tell us quickly about I it. I will. When we get back. I'll we miss hold on to it. Annie McKee, Mississippi's uh, storyteller, coming up next. If you ask me, but I can only get so fancy. Got a little dirt on my boots, but I'm taking you uptown tonight. Might have a little mud on my wheels, but they gonna shine with you up inside. Gonna hit the club, gonna cut a rug, burn it up like neon lights. Might have a little dirt on my boots, but we're gonna dance the dust right off them tonight.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm a morning time, yeah. We're going strong, headed up down the river. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget you can listen to Good Things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm, of course, from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And you can always find us on that local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. We're continuing our conversation with my favorite Mississippi storyteller, Miss Annie McKee. You've been at it for how many decades now? Oh, my Lord. At least three. At least three decades now, <laughs> yeah. sharing the stories of our past, particularly your hometown mm-hmm. there of Meridian, which you were so proud of. We did get a text curtain. Tupelo wants to know, when are your Halloween, um, your uh, cemetery tours that's usually around Halloween, which I know mm-hmm. that's not what we're talking about today, but are those still coming up in October? Absolutely. It's on your rat card there uh-huh. on the back, the one I, that I gave oh, you. Oh, Saturday, September the 24th. <laughs> no, it's the 30th. Look at the other rat card. Oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, there you go. Saturday, September the 30th, yes. 6 to 8. Uh-huh. There you go. So it's not quite Halloween, but it's just Well, prior. we tell, you know, some <clears throat> a little bit of scary stories in there, but it's not really uh, geared toward Halloween. But it's sort of fun to be in a cemetery, you know, at dusk. Is it? Oh, uh, yeah, sort of fun. <laughs> Dressed up like the dead? I don't Not the living. The dead when they were living, not like the dead. But uh, One of the most interesting stories we have there at the cemetery is a young woman who wanted to be buried in her wedding dress. I wouldn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously she fit because the coffin that we use is very, we use a coffin, very narrow. So I had a job to find a young woman who was small enough to fit in the coffin. And uh, then we had someone who loaned us a, a pink wedding dress because that's, she died in 1906. So that would be appropriate. She wanted the bridesmaids there. She wanted the minister who had married them, her husband there, and a violinist. So I said, I'll never find a young woman who will lay in a coffin. In a pink wedding dress. In a pink wedding dress uh, after sundown in a cemetery. I had girls all over the place that wanted to do that. So we did it, and it was great. And it was great. Well, to get a little taste of what you guys put on at the type of productions, they can come out. They don't have to wait till September. They can come out this Saturday. That's right. The 11th, noon until 4 p.m., and it is a walking uh, Meridian Downtown History Walk. I think that's important because you get out and you get to see the city. Was that intentional? Oh, yes, it is intentional. It's and actually... Meridian is growing, and we have so many um, arts centers and entertainment and things like we do. And uh, so we sort of take a tour through town. And as we walk from the city hall to the courthouse with this tour, we're seeing the things at the Max um, Uh that are coming up there. We're seeing things at MSU Riley and other um jimmy rogers festival different things that are coming up we will be able our attendees will be able to observe as they walk along from place to place so we are promoting different things that are that are coming up in our community last year miss annie you guys recorded over a thousand attendees Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that's not one big group because that would be taking over downtown like a, like a like a big mob. So how does it work? I mean, how I know it's from noon to four. I get mm-hmm. that. But are there shifts? Are there 
how does it how's it set up? They come in to Dumont Plaza, which is sort of the center of downtown, and pick up a map. I I gave mm-hmm. you a copy of the map, and the the stops are numbered and. They also the stories are numbered, so they can follow that map and go wherever they'd like. They do not have to see all of the stories, maybe just the ones they like. But then they can go to all of them, and it's uh, three long blocks, nice wide sidewalks, good walking. We have, we will have um, volunteers there, guides who, if they get lost, <laughs> uh, and some people do, um, that will help out and give directions and help them to be able to see all of the stops. So it is a self-guided tour <laughs> when is. you go to one of the 23 stops mm-hmm. or 22 stops, then you have someone there from uh, your organization that's dressed in period piece to share the story. Exactly. Got it. So it's like an interactive museum, but like in real time. It's little vignettes. Yeah. Uh, we have props mm-hmm. and uh, things to go along with the story. And each stop is going to be, we try to keep it at seven minutes, but I'm going to tell you, some of our storytellers are so, so into it, they maybe go over a little bit. But um, so, yeah, you can go wherever you'd like. There are 10 stories at Dumont Plaza. There are four stories at the courthouse, four stories at the city hall, and then there are three more stories um, in the area between Dumont and City Hall, and then we have Mr. Threefoot, who tells his story. Mr. Threefoot. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's a story in himself. (laughs) He is a story. You know, the Threefoot Hotel, a Marriott, that it was a building, a beautiful building, uh, built in, oh, the 20s. And uh, so the hotel has renovated it. And they've got a sky high or an open restaurant up up about, oh, I don't know, 12 stories. And uh, you can see the city. It's just a beautiful, beautiful renovated uh, hotel. And it's right there. Feels like Meridian <laughs> is a best-kept secret for folks to come and just mm-hmm. enjoy and visit and then learn all of this interesting um, history. Do, which story do you tell? Are you at a stop or are you out there helping? Well, this year I'm not telling a story because I, f- I have to you know, this is my baby. I started this whole, so I have to make sure everything is on on par. So I'm not telling a story this this year. I might another year because I I'm full of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like it's just in your blood to get out there and do that. Uh-huh. You talk about the volunteers and all that make this possible, which I think is often mm-hmm. overlooked. I mean, it's not like this is a paying necessarily gig for no. for them, and they put effort and work into mm-hmm. learning the stories. How do you how do you get your 20-something volunteers, do they get to choose their story? Do you pick it for them? Are they practices? The volunteers that are telling stories are all members of the Rose Hill Company. They're all members of our nonprofit. The There's one story that is told by stage two students who are teenagers. They're a theatrical group. They tell a certain story every year. And the other volunteers from schools and from our Naval Air Station will be guides. They'll have the orange vest, and they will go around to see if anyone needs help, if they're lost, and that that type thing. Are you always surprised, Miss Annie, when you come up with these crazy ideas for Meridian? <laughs> that folks just line up to help? I mean, because, you know, you, you're asking a whole, you know, a lot of folks, but it feels like everyone's just 
just excited to be a part of it. Oh, oh they are. I, I have worked, I have volunteered most of my life with different groups, and I've never worked with such a super giving group of people. And, and we go to board meetings, and nobody wants to go home. We just do I have to cut the light out to get everybody to go home. Everybody wants to stay and talk about their stories and what they're planning and props and costumes. It's it's just amazing. So all of those storytellers are members of our, our storytelling group, our nonprofit. They're all members. They come out to board meetings and they support, you know, we're advertising this week. So there's been several of them going to different venues to advertise and um, they help, you know, get water and get snacks. And Where do they get their costumes and their props from? Because that can be interesting to find a pink wedding dress from... <laughs> the 1900s where where are you locating some of your stuff we have a wonderful relationship with meridian little theater and we uh loaned them that that they loaned us that dress uh and then one time they were putting something on and i had an antebellum dress that i loaned to them so it's just uh hands hands crossing to to help each other that's where the pink dress came from but most of our storytellers put together their own costumes we um how where does in the history i see 1906 tornado of front street by Mm -hmm. greg hatcher Mm -hmm. um so 1906 obviously 1900s how far into meridian's present day does the history walk go we we're growing 100 years 1830 to 1930 in four hours 100 years in four hours there's your hashtag for the day so so that was uh, intentional as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All of this is planned out, um, and the deal is, you don't you don't have to stay for everything. Just go to what you really like, or either you can go to all of them if you don't dwindle around. You can get to all of them and hear them. Um, they're just. Do you feel like some will have come last year and maybe hit a couple, I and do. then they'll come back this year and hit the ones that they didn't? Are they the same, or did you did you give a little new we've spice? Added, we've added uh, four stories that we didn't have last year because we did more uh, research during the year, and maybe we could come out you know, with something else. But I have heard from so many people who say, do the same thing you did last year. We want to come back. Or maybe they'll say, we didn't see everything. We want to come back. So we are doing just about, I'd say, 90% of what we did last year. Well, we're going to come back. And Jeff in Oxford says, storytelling is an art that is vanishing. And mm-hmm. I believe that. So we're going to help revive it coming up next. All right. I agree. Oh, we're so happy. And that's how we're going to stay singing. Beat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. You can 
can watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices, even YouTube. You can watch Super Talk TV live on C Spire TV if you got that. We are on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel. But you'll see uh, we're continuing our conversation with Annie McKee. She's my favorite Mississippi oh, storyteller. And they're gearing up for their second annual Meridian Downtown History Walk. It's this Saturday from noon to 4. But it's just packed full of so many. Again, I say other communities should take what you guys are doing and replicate it because these stories should be shared mm-hmm. in the visual, fun, and entertaining and engaging way that, that you guys do. But talking about storytelling, I mean, it is a pa- – like. If there was a calling on your life, Miss Annie, it was to be a storyteller. And you do it so well, and you're so passionate about preserving that art Mm -hmm. form. And so what at what age did you just know, like, I've got to tell stories, or I'm just not going to be able to be happy in life? I believe it was in about the first grade. (laughs) So you were later in life. (laughs) Well, really, I'm sure... I did a lot of talking when I was a little kid. I mean, I know I did. And that may have been stories, but when I began to form uh, telling a story, my my, uh, fellow um, students there, we would gather around and actually... One of those students is my still my good friend. We go to church together. We've been friends since we were five years old, and she is a storyteller, too. So she Y'all and I, are a hoot together. I we bet. are a hoot. We are a hoot. <laughs> we have so much fun. And she has a part in this, this um, downtown tour, Brenda Stewart. Uh, and so, yes, I, I guess it's it's been something that's been in inside me a long, long time. You said that storytelling is magical, but maybe it hadn't always been thought of a, as an actual art. That seems mind-boggling to me. Well, when I when I first started twenty over twenty five years ago, it did not have the respect in the community of art. It did not have the respect of a true art form. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm saying, well, look, you know, I, after I've learned more and more about it. Storytelling is the oldest art form known to man. Before it's how we know anything, honestly. Before, yeah. Before there were cave drawings, there were people sitting around the fire, family, friends, telling stories. It all started way back there, and um, so as a storyteller, um, there was a lull there for uh, a while, maybe even. 50 to 75 years but by the time i was an adult and i i went into it i and it's not because of me but it's because people were getting interested again in stories and it is a literary art uh it's really an, an art it's also it could be called a visual art because the you can see it you know a lot of our stories when people are in those wonderful costumes and uh, mayor and mrs dial are just something we should have a portrait of (laughs) their costumes are so wonderful but once the people are in the costumes and people come up to listen that visual is so important they can see what these people wore at that time and envision that being them it's uh it's the most amazing exciting thing and uh children will never forget it if you if you if you have them read a text about history, it'll just go out their ears. But um, seeing it and watching it, and uh, we're just we're little vignettes is what we are. 
in the cemetery mm-hmm. and this downtown and kids really get into it well even with the best it doesn't even if you don't create the story if you you know the best storytellers to read the best children's books because they get animated mm-hmm. they go into character mode That's right. even if they're reading off the page they get you sort of excited about it and it's one where you could sit there and listen to someone share that for you know for a while and get mm-hmm. lost in it and to me you know how could, I just can't imagine that never being considered a, a reputable art form I mean it's like theater I know, for it is. one it is well um, I'll tell you a little story about I was uh, called to a school um, to a certain large class to tell some stories one day and these they were third graders and these two little boys slid in on their bellies into class and I thought oh boy but anyway we began the story and it was about um, Sam Dale who was a, a early pioneer for, for Mississippi and he's actually buried near where I live, Sam Dale. And uh, he was a, a wild one. He did many things that it's just almost impossible to believe. Uh, he worked during the war of uh, the Battle of New Orleans. He was part of that. And he brought pioneers and settlers into the area. He was a really amazing story. And I had little costumes uh, to go along with it. I had a little vest and little hats and things. And those two little boys were the first ones up to get their costume. And then we acted it out. I had them up on the front of the room there. There was a little stage. And we acted it all out. And the kids got into it. And so then it was time for me to leave. And I was packing up. And the two little boys came to me and said, what are we doing tomorrow, Mrs. McKee? And I said, honey, I won't be here tomorrow. So, see, that just alerted them, woke them up, and got them into a class that they were learning but they didn't realize it because they were having so much fun. And they just re- they just thought, you know, it's too a way to harness their energy into a positive mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. instead of trying to get them to just stay still and sort of listen, sort mm-hmm. of involving them, you know, into the story. What's your fate when you get called to a classroom or to somewhere to just tell stories? Uh, Miss Annie, what's your favorite story to tell? Oh, the great Choctaw Chief Pushmataha. You went straight to it. Oh yeah, yeah. He is. He he was an amazing. He was a gentleman. Uh, I have a big um, poster I had made of him in in his Choctaw dress, and he he stood six foot one and had a bearing of a you know of a leader, and um, so his his Choctaw area was here in Mississippi into Alabama, right here where we sit was the Choctaw Nation. I think I mentioned that earlier. But he loved his people. And when the pioneers and the settlers began to come in, he admired the uh, the things that the settlers had, that like a spinning wheel, and uh, the lessons the children learned. And he wanted his people to have it. And in turn, um, he uh, would send some of his young men out to help the settlers build their cabin and they would show them how to plant crops in this area and and it was a back and forth friendship and had it not been oh we would have never survived i'm talking about the settlers and uh so he he was a great great man and 
eventually, because he was such a good soldier, he joined up with the Battle of New Orleans, took his braves down, and maybe we would not have won if not he had not gone. But at the end of his life, he was called the the uh, Indian general. He was called a general. And so at the end of his life, he was up in Washington, D.C., in December, and it was cold and frigid and snowing and Anyway, he was there for his people. He wanted to uh, some more things for their school, and he uh, he had pneumonia came upon him, and he died there, there in Washington. So he is buried in the Washington Congressional Cemetery. Now I have a document, a copy of a document, handwritten of a testimony about him and the things he did by a newspaper man from North Mississippi and there was a a, Choc, a young Choctaw who was 10 years old and he observed all of these things about their life and when um, trouble would come upon them and all these things it's all written there I have a copy of it I think the original is probably in Montgomery archives I'm not sure though so I practically sleep with it under my pillow <laughs> oh my gosh and I tell it from that document. So I love that one. Kids love it, too. I can absolutely see why. And that's why, if you love that, there's so many more stories that will be told this uh, Saturday there in downtown Meridian. How do we keep up with everything you're doing with your productions and then other upcoming events, Miss Annie? We have a Facebook page, The Rose Hill Company. I think it's of, of storytellers. I believe that's how it is. And mine, mine, I'm... I'm Annie B. McKee. You can look me up. I have a Facebook page. Keep up with everything. And then there's another very popular one in Meridian that has everything. Is Queen City Social. Queen City Social. Just click on it. And uh, I post everything on there, too. So. Well, I guess it's, what, Friday is Meridian's 163rd yes. birthday. She's uh-huh. looking good, and she's doing great in her, I guess, what, I don't know what stage of life this would be, <laughs> what phase of life. <laughs> but, Miss Annie, you're looking great always, too. Can't wait to have you back next oh, year. I guess it'll be 164. We're just going to keep it. And I may come back in May and talk about, if you have the time, talk about that storytelling conference, because it's going to be a big deal. Oh, absolutely. You're always it's welcome going, back, Miss Annie. Oh, thank you. It's going to bring storytellers together for the first time in a long time out there. And there are a few storytelling groups around in the state. I encourage you to come. Come uh-huh. to this. And you can find that, too, on your Facebook, Facebook page as well. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all stick with us. we got a few more good things for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget country music superstar Morgan Wallen. He's coming to Oxford, coming up in April. You have the opportunity to win some tickets. You just got to enter your name and contact information at one of the many registration boxes located throughout the state. For example, you can register to win tickets by going to Cobalt's Boutique in Columbus, Little Caesars in Brookhaven, and Seals Tire and Auto in Gulfport, plus many, many more. All you got to do is go over to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen to find the full list of registration locations. Winners will get two sweet seat tickets to see Morgan Wallen at Vault Hemingway Stadium that's coming up Sunday, April the 23rd. Man, it'll be here before we know it. And so the Morgan Wallen ticket giveaway is brought to you by First South, First South Farm Credit, King's Daughters Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. So check that out. All you got to do is go and put your stuff in. And you never know. So so why not give it a give it a whirl? I think it's a pretty good opportunity for you in that um, respect. I saw a headline, not good, but a good conversation can come from it, of the poor woman who got locked in the cell or whatever for like three days with no water, no food um, there. In, oh, I, I didn't see it. that one. You didn't see that? I thought you were going to talk about the poor couple that went to starbucks and got charged four grand and now it's jumping through hoops just to get their money back oh no tell me that story yeah so they show up and the the four button on the credit card machine got stuck so instead of being charged like four bucks Mm -hmm. for their coffee they were charged i think it was four thousand four hundred and forty four dollars and forty four cents what and then the manager at that starbucks couldn't reverse it for some reason and then they got in touch with the customer you? service, and they couldn't get it squared away. Their bank couldn't do anything about it. The credit card company couldn't seem to do anything about it. And then Starbucks goes, you know what? We, we've, we've put you through enough hoops. We've, we've made you bend over backwards for this. We're just going to cut you a couple checks. We're going to write you two checks. One check will be for half the amount. The second check will be the other half of the amount. Just take them to your bank and cash them. We can call this done and dusted. Except they took the checks to the bank and the checks bounced. Why is this story even like how's this? Like, so many things have to go wrong for this to happen. So I found it. It was a janitor. She's 72. She got trapped in a cell for three days without food after her door shut behind her while she was cleaning. Talk about the worst possible outcome ever it was at orange county courthouse she was in an area where anyone would wouldn't go over the weekend so then it closed and so yeah that's terrible she's okay she's been checked out got left out but it led to have you ever been locked in or out of something like have you well locked in would be worse than being locked out or have you ever felt trapped oh yeah like in a a scenario what's your what's your trapped story i mean the most recent one I can think the of. The most recent is one. Where are you finding walking yourself? Walking out the door out there for some fresh air and not realizing that my card either wasn't working or the little beeper on the door wasn't working, and it was during a break, like on the air for middays, and I had about a minute, minute and a half before I was supposed to be back in this seat, and that clock's gonna run and the music gonna play and whether the light needs to not. be turned on, whether or not I'm here or not. So I'm uh frantically texting both will and gerard like hey i'm out on the porch can you come let me in the door's locked did you get freed got back in just in time just in time we um i always had a fear especially during my schooling working in large cafeterias the walk-in cooler and freezers there is something 
ju- and I would hope there's not supposed to be able to lock. You should be able to get out from. Yeah, unless it was made a long, long time ago, it has a way to get out. Right, but that is like top five sort of fears for me. But there was just one time that there was like a hiccup on a on a elevator, and so you, I, I wouldn't say trapped because it was probably less than three minutes that it, until it opened. But I went into full like Mission Impossible mode, figuring out are we going to get out from the from the ceiling, and then we're going to shimmy down. Heart starts to palpitate. You start to wonder like. Like who's going first if we have to eat you and the whole thing like the whole world just went completely in the span of 90 seconds in the span of 90 seconds everything which one of you <laughs> are we gonna have to eat <laughs> i probably had missed lunch and so <laughs> i'm not gonna last very long and then the doors open and you walk out and you think there is a god in this in this world but I, that's i am claustrophobic not like to the extent of like complete meltdown in any small s- scenario but i don't like being pushed into small s- so being trapped is like man if that was that lady they'd have found me just in a puddle of tears no nah, after you eventually calm down and realize you're just gonna have to wait for somebody you just find the most comfortable spot on the floor and go to sleep it's like nature's fast forward <sighs> yeah we'll fast forward till i don't know coming up next you got i wasn't say till next but it's right here it's coming up next you got sports talk mississippi from three to six rhino and i'll meet you back here tomorrow at two but until then i hope you all find time for the good things good things for you Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.